Hello and welcome to episode three of the second season of the Pitch Pider podcast. Coming up this week, we'll be dissecting this weekend's Premier League as well as other games around Europe. Also, we've as the Premier League comes to an end, we will be talking about confirmed transfers and rumours. Back fresh from the southwest coast, joining me this week is Mr. Toby Green. You have a nice week off? It's been good, mate. Very relaxing. Um, shame that I had to watch United away um, when I was away. And on my return, it's, it's not been much better, but we'll get onto that in a, in a little bit, unfortunately. So, But yeah, no, it's been good. Good, good little break. Enjoying the sun. Yeah. The football is back and feels like it hasn't lost any edge, um, especially in the Premier League. Um, it's going, it's getting feisty. Mm. Highly entertaining if you're a neutral. Well, let's get on to the Premier League. So I would just do a quick roundup of the scores across the weekend. So we are missing the Liverpool Crystal Palace game that is due to be played tomorrow. On Saturday, we had an early kickoff with Aston Villa versus Everton, which ended 2 1 to Aston Villa. Arsenal got a 4 2 victory over Leicester City. Uh, Brighton and Newcastle ended 0 0. Man City thrashed Bournemouth in a 4 0. Southampton and Leeds ended 2 0, which was a very close game. Fulham Wolves was one was nil nil, and Toby's favourite game of the weekend, Brentford versus United, was four nil. And moving on to the games from today, Nottingham Forest got a one nil victory over West Ham, and Chelsea and Tottenham drew in a feisty two all. Where would you like to start with all of this action? Well, we can go in order of what happened in the day, if you like. Yeah, let's do it. Yes, yes. Start on Saturday with this Gerard versus Lampard match. Danny Ings scored a worldie of a goal. Mm, I agree with you. That was a really good goal. A little turn uh, and good finish. Quality striker. Um, Premier proven for a long time. So yeah, good, good goal for him. And then later on in the second half, Wendy has scored um, a nice counter attack. Good link-up play uh, with Ollie Watkins. And then uh, Digne uh, scored no goal. Um, but it was an interesting game in general. I thought that going into it that Everton would struggle. It seemed that generally uh, Villa were the better team. Everton's new midfielder, Unana, who they brought in for about 30 million, started pretty, pretty poorly. I think he was at fault for the initial... Uh, the well, second goal for the yeah, Buendia goal, um, but later on in the game he sort of picked it up and he uh, he was sort of the how would you say not not the assistant to Dinier's you could say that he sort of assisted Dinier's own goal, so yeah, but he, he sort of stepped up and he looks quite a decent player, really tall, six foot five, um, so it'd be interesting to watch his development in the league. Um, Dinier now is I think it would been twelve months scored no goal for Aston Villa against Everton and Everton against Aston Villa. So it's got that record. It's a great stat. Yeah, kind of on the record. But yeah, out of this uh, game, Gerrard comes out on top. Definitely had the better team out of the, the two squads, um, especially after that that summer window, where they've, which hasn't ended yet, but they've strengthened, strengthened a lot. Um, so yeah, I think the aim for Villa is to push on to, to challenge the top six group, or at least trying to reach European spots. Um, I know there's been a lot of outpour from the, the fans at the moment due to the sort of play style that Villa are implementing. <clears throat> but yeah, wins, you know, no matter how pretty they are, they're always sort of welcome. Um, so yeah, yeah, good result for Aston Villa. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, I, it was closer than we make it out to sound. Um, they did. Uh, it's Everton's first goal, but yeah. Gerard definitely had the better team and you would have thought he would have won. Be interesting to see where this Gerard and Lampard sort of rivalry, if it is there, how well this goes further down the line. Yeah, that's true. I think, yeah, there, there's a lot of question marks about their, their ability as managers for, for the pair of them. Um, 
you know, you could argue that, you know, one's had more experience over the other, but really that if you, you know, compare them both, they're, they're quite inexperienced managers in the Premier League, uh, in, in this level. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see their development. Obviously his players were phenomenal. Um, so yeah, yeah, one to watch, I guess, how they grow. Tougher job for, for Lampard though, in general, for the ability he has in his, his team. One of the signings that Everton have made do look to have strengthened um, quite well. Tarkovsky's come in, Cody's come in, which seems quite sensible. Um, obviously, Onana, who I mentioned, looks to be um, looks to be a good signing. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if they get a striker though, because that's definitely what they're lacking when Cavaloon's out. Um, yeah, without him as the focal point up front, I think they might struggle um, until he comes back. Let's move on to a game where there were six goals scored. Um, two of them by Gabriel Jesus and his home home debut scores two and I think he got two assists as well. Great feat for this player. Um, Arsenal settling in well to the Premier League, second in the league with six points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, only, good stuff. Um, only other City is the only team that have got six points. Everyone else has dropped points. The only, even, yeah, I think the only team that I don't think another team can actually get six points now from this game, week's games because it's Liverpool Palace and one drew and one lost. Yep, that's true. Yeah, Arsenal look like they've got a, a real identity. Uh, the signings sort of fitting together now nicely. Got a lot of youth um, for other 11. Uh, William Saliba, although he scored the own goal, looks like a real talent. Um, Martinelli's been good for them as well. But Jesus was the star man. Yeah, as you said, he got two goals, two assists. Fantastic uh, return. Uh, 50 million pounds was a lot of question marks around the signing initially, um, just due to the fact, you know, he's sort of a little bit, I don't want to say unproven as a goal scorer in the Premier League because he has scored plenty of goals, but maybe consistently and being an out and out starting striker for a team. He hasn't seen that in City. Um, They preferred, you know, obviously Aguero when he was there and then sort of a false nine um, with De Bruyne and other players filling that, that role. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, he seems to fit in really well. Um, and yeah, I think that he's the sort of player that Arsenal really need needed. Um, so regardless of the price, um, even the price now actually seems quite a good good deal, actually 50 million. Uh, I'm sure he's going to have a, a really good season going forwards. I think Madison's goal, the only mistake Arsenal probably made was, I think Ramsdale probably should have saved it when it threw his legs. But yeah, it was a good goal by Madison. And wasn't involved very much in the first half, but made it up in the second. Mm. Yeah, we just got to mention Leicester at the moment. They're in a little bit of a tricky situation with financial fair play. They've got rid of Schmeichel to Nice for not much money. I think it's like a million pounds or so, not too much. Um, but yeah, they, they, they need to, to sell to bring in essentially. And the, the main uh, assets they have are Madison, Fofana, Tielemans, um, and the one that's been, that's been linked at the moment is, is Fofana to, to Chelsea. It's going to cost an arm and a leg around £70 million if that's, uh, the reports are true. He's a good player. Uh, he's young. Is, is he £70 million worth? Definitely not at the moment. But you know, I think, I think it's more... I think you're meaning more eighty, eighty less than 180 or yeah. above. It's, it's going to smash the Harry Maguire record from United. Um, but yeah, it's going to be... It's going to be an interesting one, and I think we'll get more onto this when we get down to Chelsea. But yeah, they they need to sell to be able to buy, and Leicester really need to buy to be able to compete in this league, I think. Otherwise, they're going to really struggle. Yeah, they're lacking in a few departments, uh, mainly defence. They might need to bring a new keeper as well. I know they have Danny Ward, who they bought for about, I don't know, 12 or 15 million from, I think it was Liverpool a few years ago. Um but yeah, you know, Michael was slight on the decline for sure, but he was a, a mainstay in the team and a, a real presence in the, in the squad. So they may be looking to replace uh, him uh, and, and also bring in some more fresh faces because Leicester for a while haven't really had too much success in the transfer department. Uh, the players they have brought in haven't really shone too well. So it'll be interesting to see if they can pull off some exciting buys. Um, obviously, they'll probably be going for youth and Maybe not not so much proven Premier League quality, but with a team like Leicester, they should have the uh, the scouting capabilities to to pull off a you know 
a player that's capable of playing in the Premier League now and has the potential sell sell selling value uh, that will make them, you know, a good profit in the future. Definitely. Um, should we move on to probably one of the biggest talking points from this weekend, if not overshadowed by what's happened today, but we we'll get on to that. Um, Brentford United. So I know last week you weren't here um, and you've listened to the podcast after it's been released. Um, and we did with Ashika and Aaron go a bit, bit into United. Um, mm-hmm. Probably a bit biased because we didn't have United sort of, none of us really are United fans. Um, but yeah, this this weekend hasn't really helped anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, was, what is your viewpoint on this game and what's likely to f- go in the future for United? I would say that I agree with a lot of the points that I mentioned in the, in the previous podcast. I think just to touch on the game, it was a 4-0 defeat to Brentford at uh, Brentford's ground. Um, the, the score is not flattering to, to Brentford in the slightest. They, they could have got so much more uh, in terms of goals. De Gea was a mistake for, for two of them. The first one was a terrible error um, from a long shot from uh, Josh De Silva. I don't even know how that went. Maybe the sun was in De Gea's eyes or something. Or, or maybe it was just a course error, probably the latter. And then for the second one, he, De Gea passed it out from the back, which you think that in that scenario is probably the the uh, the coach's instructions to, to sort of pass it out from the back. It was a bit weird because Martinez was passing it, the goal kick to De Gea, and De Gea then was passing it out. Um, so it's a weird extra step. But then from then the whole team just collapsed and uh, to be fair to Brentford they played really well and we shouldn't take any credit away from the team or Thomas Frank and how they set it up um, yeah they were they were pretty phenomenal um, Ryan and Bremo's goal <coughs> Brian and Bremo's goal was pretty phenomenal the counter-attack they did the, the pass from Ivor Tony um, but the the defeat just sums up if it hasn't already in the, the Brighton game, it, it sums up the whole situation at, at United as the club, the whole structure, uh, the whole procedures of how the club has operated, um, not only this year, but over the the recent, well, not recent, since the Glazers have come in, it's, it's been a colossal nightmare, essentially. We had the, the nice run of having Ferguson in, um, and with a manager like that, you know, wonderful things happen. But, you know, once he's left, it's been more apparent that you can't operate a club like this um, from any level. It's it, essentially the, the club, the structure of the club is, is running the most backwards way possible. We have an owner who never goes to games. Um, very few, actually. I think it only went, no, it did go to the Brighton game, but that was just... Yeah, he was, there, he was there for the opening weekend. Yeah, um, but hardly ever go. They take out dividends every year of around £15 million. Pounds. They never put any money in initially when they bought the club due to leverage debt. Um, and then their appointments of uh, like directors and heads of football have been atrocious um, throughout the, you know, the past however long since Gil left. And yeah, so yeah, it's it's boiled down to to this essentially, a club that's on the downwards trajectory. Um, they still have the capability to spend a lot of money due to their commercial um, input that they receive through marketing and all the sponsorships that they have. But without a, an idea and an identity and a, um, a structure of you know similar-minded individuals who have the same goal. It's never going to succeed. Um, yeah, it's and and the window this this year's summarised that as well. If it hasn't already uh, through the games, you know Martinez, although he, he he's a good player, um, he's not one we needed. Ericsson as well, it's not one we needed. Um, Malassia, maybe slightly different situation because he's a young and. Yeah, we needed the sort of a fresher look at left back, um, <clears throat> but we needed a defensive midfielder, a right back, a striker, um, and we didn't receive those. 
that yeah the the way that we've set up against Brentford is completely naive. You know the the height difference against Martinez and Ivan Tony stood out massively. Uh, to the fact that Martinez was subbed off in the at half time uh, to be replaced by Varane, which just shows you that you know it was a terrible decision to play him. Um, there's a lot of money on this kid as well, fifty odd million. I, I know he's got qualities and he's a good tackler and he's tenacious, but you know you, you can't really make up for height um, at all, really. Um, it's one thing you have or you don't have. Um, I don't know why Malassi didn't start over Luke Shaw, who had a really poor game. They all had a really poor game, to be honest. I, I want I, I want this to sort of show that, you know, a lot of people, I don't know if they're serious or not half the time, but when they say that Ronaldo's the problem at United, he's not the problem. The problem is the entire team, entire setup, the, the entire recruitment policy. You know, if we, there's no short-term fix for this. There's no immediate you know, one signing that we could bring in, which should, you know, be the miracle and fix the team and create balance. That's not that opportunity at the moment. Um, we've had the opportunities in the past in the, over the last few years to, to bring in players. Um, we've brought in many different managers. I'm sure that, you know, Solskjaer now looks like bloody Zidane with this squad, uh, looking back. But it's been a succession of failures and it's going to be a really tough season, uh, if I'm honest. Well, it's pretty apparent. We're rock bottom uh, of the league. Uh, Ten Hag's the first manager to lose his opening two games since 1921. Well, where, yeah. where, do, you, where do you go with this squad? So the, all of these like background changes you've just mentioned, and they're not going to happen overnight. It's going to be the club's not up for sale. It's not going to be up for sale for probably a long time. Um you have all of these fans rioting outside and outside protesting outside the stadium every time we go to Old Trafford and all the players have got to come past this and the performances on the pitch aren't making up for this as well. Where where do you actually go to go forward with United to get them back where they are? Do you, what signings do you make within the last two weeks of this transfer window, if any, and... Did you have a complete reshuffle of the squad or drop certain players? I mean, looking at the squad, most players that played poorly last season are back in this squad. Um, very commonly used is Muckfred. Obviously, Fred started and Tomalay came on and got yellow card. Is it a lack of discipline as well from the players? Uh, well, yeah. Well, just in McFred, I guess, it, it baffles me that McTominay is still in the squad over all these years. I, I don't know what he excels at or is capable at. But to answer your point on what we should do next, I think we need to bring in a, a director of football who who has proven experience. You know, when we, we brought in... Anyway, we brought in Ralph, um, you know, to facilitate the... I, I guess the, the transfers and the, uh, the ideas of who we want to bring in and this, you know, where the weaknesses would be, and then we've got rid of him uh, pretty unceremoniously. Yeah, he was a shit manager, but he could identify the, the mistakes and you know who were the failures in the team. Um, so basically, we're lacking a director of football who can maybe bring in an ideology of of how we should play, and then we can structure the signings around that. You know, Michael Edwards was the Liverpool one who's now linked to Chelsea. I don't think go to United, especially after his Liverpool links, but somebody of that sort of stature and that experience would be good. But yeah, we need a we need a reshuffle. We need uh, to back Ten Hag. We um you know we brought in Martinez and, and Ericsson everybody's gonna say former Ajax players, that's what he wants. Maybe so, you know, we offered uh, Frankie De Jong, but he hasn't really truly been backed. You know, he's been asking for a defensive midfielder and a striker, and he's not received that. It'll end up us having to play Martial once uh, Ronaldo gets injured, if he does get injured. Um, it's just going to be really unpretty. And, I'd, you know, the, the hope, whether it's unrealistic or not, is these shit performances will push the higher-ups to, 
maybe go out and splash the cash on, you know, a striker or a defensive midfield or, or someone we need. But, you know, over the last 10 years or so, we've, we've seen that not be the case. So I don't know. It's it's going to be an interesting year for United. Uh, be an unsuccessful year, that's for sure. That's the only guarantee. Um, but there's a lot of players that we, we can and should drop. De Gea now, you know, he's on the last year's contract. Henderson is, uh, I don't know if you really, um, know that he, he released, I think it was in like Five Live or some, something like that. He, like, he uh, or it was released that he said that United sort of mistreated him and promised him the start level, uh, starting number one spot. Uh, and then he got COVID and then he said, you know, you still have it when he come back, but that wasn't the case. So he got pissed off and he left, um, which is understandable. And he's having a great time at Forest. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> De Gea should leave. Maguire should give up on him. Luke Shaw needs to go. Fernandez has had a good game in I don't know how long now. McTominay, Fred, Rashford's been awful for ages. Pretty much the whole team, to be honest. Um, and I don't know. During this game, there's a lot of question marks about you know the the actual substitutions and the. I guess there was a slight naivety from Ten Hag. I, I definitely need to give him some time and I, I don't want to put all the thought on him for this defeat because it, it's certainly not his, all his fault. You know, it's the mentality of the players after going down so early on and the uh, the, the lack of resilience to bounce back after uh, conceding early. But yeah, setting up with just Fred as the holding midfielder and playing Martinez uh, against like a really tall team was such a terrible decision. Um, so... He'll have to learn fast. United will have to develop fast and evolve, which I'm very sceptical of that actually happening um, for us to, to make anything out of this season. Um, but I don't know. I honestly don't know. Um, I'm, sorry, I'm next up. We've got Liverpool. So it's going to be pretty much guaranteed three defeats in a row. So there's no sort of bright spark on the horizon either. One final point. Um, how long? How long do you reckon you should give him? I, Aaron, I, Aaron and Sheik mentioned last week that maybe you should give him a season. He's he was a manager that a lot of United man United fans wanted to come in, mm. and he's come in. Um, but how how long do you realistically give him? Do you give him to the end of the season? Because really, in the last two weeks of the transfer window. Not many players are probably going to lightly move because they've all settled into their squads. Um, and in January, you're not going to get the, you never get the big players move in January. Um, so it will be you are looking at to get the big players that you need to rebuild this squad. It is going to be next season. Um, whether mm. you'll be able to survive at the rate you're going, it's not like you've had City, Chelsea and Liverpool, you've had Brighton and you've had Brentford, which for a United squad, they should be winning or yeah. at least drawing. You you were nowhere near either of them to be able to mount a comeback. No, no, that's a good point to be fair. We we should give credit to Brighton and Brentford for the way, you know, how organised they are and how they, they've actually got, you know, good systems and, you know, ideologies of how they want to play and, you know, all credit to them, and I'm sure they both have uh, individually good seasons. But yeah, just on Ten Hag, obviously to the end of the season, that's that's a given. He is a, a manager, of, you know, good quality. So got a lot of experience at Ajax, um, not just in the Eredivisie, which you know everybody might say it's it's not you know competitive league, uh, but also in, in Europe as well. Um, he needs to be back. That's the that's the main thing. You can't. You can expect uh, a manager of quality to, to to get something out of this team, but in reality, there's a lot of holes. There's a lot of lack of discipline and, and effort. So I'm sure things will pick up regardless, you know, even if we don't bring in anybody. Not saying that, you know, we'll get top four or anything, but, you know, we'll be far away from the relegation battle, which is you know, it's a shocking thing to say, is it? For the United fan, we will, you know get at least to the middle of the table, but you know, that can't be the ambition of the club. It definitely isn't the ambition of the manager who, you know, 
he's sort of got his hands tied a little bit because he you know he he knows the players that he wants to bring in he 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 can try and get I know he's a tricky player to get with the finances and the wages but Frankie De Jong is the player that you know we want he knows his quality as well but the players instead of Frankie De Jong that we've been looking at have been atrocious it looks like Rabio is going to be joining and he's like a yeah, he might have quality, but he's a huge hothead. He's got a terrible attitude problem. He's played for PSG and Juventus, so it looks like he's got good, um, like um, CV. Um, but in reality, he won't lift the team up at all. When he's not a defensive midfielder. He can't progress with the ball. Um, on a good day, he's good. But on a bad day, he shines out as a terrible player. And uh, obviously, you know the links with Benatovic as well, which. Is you know just pretty uh, appalling. Um, although you know he did have a good season in respect to in the Serie A, it's just his, his age is the main thing. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if we'll sign anybody. Uh, well, even even impressive. even Rabio coming into this squad. I know a lot of people have said Ronaldo is the issue, which you did mention earlier. He's quite a big character. And you've got a few big characters in that dressing room. Whoever bringing this player in will be the right fit for these players. I highly doubt it. I mean, you've just got rid of Pogba, which, again, was a big character in your dressing room. And you're going to have very... It's more... You've got more individuals than actually like a team. So everyone wants to play for themselves. And... They're not really... I think that's one thing with Ronaldo. He's very much about him rather than the squad. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons, maybe, why people put him in to be one of the issues, especially the way that a lot of teams in the Premier League play. They play with a whole squad. If you look at Spurs, Liverpool, Man City, all of these players play together. And even look at Chelsea as an example... You had Lukaku, who was an individual who wanted to play for himself. Didn't do very well in the squad. Chelsea didn't. They had a good season, but not the most successful. And he was there to bring it, plug in for the goals. And now he's out on loan at Inter, doing well because he scored this weekend. But hmm. yeah, never cut it at Chelsea. I, I don't think that's the, the the case with Ronaldo. You know, I know he, he selfish and plays for himself, but. There's so many basic mistakes that we saw in the the Brentford game and the the Brighton game as well that you know this this the basics aren't even there to be honest. It's a continuation of how last season ended, and that was shocking. I mean, now we've got a new director of football, Richard Arnold. We've got a new manager, but the same issues are still occurring. So I don't know what that the cause of that is. It must be some sort of Something you know, something in their brains which is just not computing, or you know, there's there's no service to Ronaldo at all. <clears throat> he didn't have a good game, but the likes of of Sancho, who's you know meant to be a top player, even when he gets the ball, he looks like he's 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 clueless. He's like you know lost. Like what even is football? What even is this sport? So I don't know. It's going to take a lot of work for Ten Hag just to make these guys competent let alone, you know, play cohesively as a football team. The, the, yeah, the only thing that I can think of is to to back him, to to bring in signings that he wants, you know, wherever that, not, wherever that is or not, you know, the likes of Frankie de Jong, players who have actual quality and go into the starting level and improve it. The likes of Rabiot, not so much, to be honest. Um, but, yeah. We'll see. The window, <clears throat> the only yeah, the only positive I guess is the window is not over yet, so there is a possibility of improvement mm. or personnel. Um, but as things stand, if nothing improves in terms of new silence, then it's going to be a dire season. Well, there is the potential that you could, if nothing improves and the way you are going, there is the potential you could be in a relegation battle um, with. I mean, you are dead bottom of the league. On yeah, two games in, two moment. games in. This we, we yeah. won't be in relegation battle, hundred percent. But yeah, if yeah, if things don't pick up, we, I can't see us being higher than tenth. 
no well let's let's move on um and give you maybe something more positive to talk about um and maybe stop the tears rolling from down your cheeks and let's move on to the probably the fiercest game of this season so far Chelsea versus Tottenham um, ended 2-0 with both managers being sent off after the final whistle. Um, Chelsea were very robbed by the ref, I reckon, from a victory. Um, Cucurella was pulled down by Romero and should have been sent off, but there was nothing given. And yeah, no foul, apparently. But yeah, as as a Chelsea fan, we played really well. Um, we went in as underdogs. Um, top every underdogs, much most underdogs. Yeah. <laughs> right, pretty mate. much most pundits said it was going to be a Tottenham win. They strengthened really well, and I think how much has the... Chelsea spent this window? Chelsea has spent the most amount this window in the Premier League of 170 million so far. Um, we'll probably get onto the transfers in a minute, but yeah, they've we. I mean, Cucurella played really well. Um, Koulibaly scored a goal. Um, it was a really good goal. And, yeah, the the whole team played really well. And we we deserved the win. Um, and I feel like we were robbed. But I, I think the way we set up, especially with Loftus-Cheek playing right back, he had a really good game. And, yeah, we, we should have won. Um, apart from bad refereeing. But I'm happy with a draw. Um, as I said, a lot of people reckoned that Tottenham were going to edge this one, which is why I think we went in as underdogs. I don't think we... I think this is Tottenham's come and see what you've got. We, we've, we're we going to be the best team in London now and Chelsea sort of stood in their way and Chelsea played really well. But yeah, I think... Tottenham struggled and it's going to be an interesting season for Tottenham I reckon Yeah well they didn't play any of their new signings Tottenham uh, they, well they didn't start them at least um, and Perisic and Richardson came on but yeah I, I agree with you for, for the, most of the game the majority the vast majority Chelsea were extremely dominant and they should have scored a lot more goals um, and the goals that Tottenham did score were questionable. You know, there was a, a tackle, I think it was, I can't remember who created the, the, the foul. Um, but Romero on Havertz. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of questions about whether he actually got the ball or not. I think I think that was a foul, but it wasn't anything to do with the goal, which I think Chelsea were a little bit switched off and they were too distracted by that. But it was a full 45 seconds before that goal went in. Um, I don't think it was too much to go call back. Yeah, and, yeah, but know. even even that goal, the Richarlison was in an offside position, and I know it, we've seen it maybe talk about it a little bit, but in, in other leagues, it's the same situation that when a player is in the offside position, even if he doesn't touch the ball, they're allowing the goal. Um, I don't know if they've had a you know change of mind this year, but technically, it shouldn't be allowed if you you know. If you um, obscure the sight of the keeper, um, well, in offside position. Appar- apparently, he didn't obscure. As long as he doesn't obscure the goalkeeper, which they mm. felt he didn't, uh, that's the reason why the goal stood. Mm. Well, um, but I, th- I think there was a whole flashpoint with that whole Havertz in whole Havertz tackle, which was very overlooked from the offsides, and I think that's probably why it was given. Um, but. This shouldn't be of overlooked in football, um, but what can yeah. you do? It's <clears throat> well, rules are rules, and they should be should be followed, or at least in theory. Um, but yeah, even, even with the the second goal for for Spurs, it was again Romero, I think, who who, who grabbed Cucurella's hair and pulled him down. And the the only reason that it wasn't given as a, a foul because the ref didn't spot it, and then the, the you know the VR probably deemed it not a, a red card, maybe a yellow card, or, and they can't change the decision making of the the ref at that point. <clears throat> and then uh, Tottenham went on to score the um, the following corner. So yeah, I don't know. You don't sound hard done by, but 
if I was a Chelsea fan, I'd feel very hard done by whether VAR and the referee and during that game. I feel hard done by, and yeah, I do blame the referee, but I didn't go into the game expecting a win. So I don't feel, I don't know, I don't know if that makes me a bad Chelsea fan. Yeah, but, but surely during think, the course of the game, once you had that domination and possession and the chances created, you would have hoped yes. or expected yeah, I feel, I feel kind of deflated about that sort of win. We should have won, um, but it's still early on in the season. So it And the teams around us, I mean, we've it's a good test. And I think, like I said, we did go into that game expecting... A draw. I don't think many fans were very comfortable, especially as we still like feel like we're lacking a few players. Um, like we are linked to Diong, we are linked to Bamyang as well from by from Barcelona, and obviously Fafana that we have mentioned. So we we are still looking to make a few big signings. Whether they will, whether they will make the difference time will tell but it'd be interesting to see how we get on well i would say the the new signings you have made look well at least two of them i think they're really good during the game cucarella had a great game one more on the the left hand side you know i did question whether it, it made sense to spend that money on somebody who you know maybe will play left wing back if chill is not playing there maybe play left center back if you know but I guess if you play him at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. And Koulibaly, had, you know, he scored. He had a few moments where he's, you know, a little bit. You know, I uncertain, think he's still taking but... time. He's still taking time to adapt to the Premier League. I don't think he's. I think the Italian game is a lot slower, so I think he needs to get used to the pace. And I think he will. He's pretty good centre back as he is anyway, but he just needs to adapt. And I reckon in a few games' time, he'll be all right. Oh, yeah, I agree with you on that one. And Sterling looked good as well. But it does bring up the question whether Chelsea would have been, wouldn't have to worry about the, the refs and the VARs if they had a capable you know, number nine who could convert the chances that they've been creating. Yeah, it'd be, we'd need someone who can score, but traditionally a number nine doesn't really suit Chelsea and they never seem to do well. Um. It'd be interesting to see how a Bamiang, if we do get a Bamiang, how he is, because apparently Tuchel really likes him. He's suited to Tuchel's style. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see. And I feel like with Fafana, we would be able to have more of a solid defence. Um, I know Tuchel's a very defensive coach. But I feel like today's game made a difference from Loftus-Cheek. I think he played a really vital role, even though he didn't get any assists or anything. I feel like he made a vital role in pushing mm. forward. Mm. I would say he was solid. If you did sign Fafano, though, it would mean that Reese James could play his more natural position of right wing back. Even though he's good at centre back and he does push up sort of into that right wing back position, even if he does play centre back, he does make a more sort of natural fitting team who sort of play where they, I guess, will typically play. Um, Although, yeah, as we said earlier, it would cost an arm and a leg. And yeah, with a striker, I don't know. It's hard to find a striker who does sort of fit that, I don't know, not typical striker form um, that would suit how Chelsea play and sort of be able to sort of sit back a little bit. Maybe like a Firmino-esque player is what they need. Um, for one who's maybe a little bit prolific. But yeah, they're hard to come yeah. by. Yeah, I feel, I feel like... Tuchel, I feel like Tuchel has set the team slightly wrong. I do disagree with playing Havertz out wide rather than Raheem Sterling. I think Raheem will be a lot better in those sort of wider positions. But it did look like Havertz was getting in the middle, especially when Loftus-Cheek. That the only that was the only only two negatives for me from Chelsea was Kante went off injured. Looks like mm. he's bored. Maybe. Uh, Groin muscle or something, yeah. or hammy, um, which he's had issues with in the past, which is a bit worrying. Um, but and also, we're playing Loftus Cheek and Havertz, which are both over six foot, which will both be able to challenge for a header down mm. the right flank. It doesn't seem, and we're putting all these crosses into Raheem Sterling, who's about five foot ten, mm. five foot five, mm. or whatever he is. And he's never going to win a header against, especially if you come up a big player like 
Maguire or someone, some big sense back, we're not mm-hmm. going to do well. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. I, yeah, I'm sure they'll do well as they are with the team they've got. But you know, if they have that that particular striker that they could bring in, and maybe the right sense back, it, it would sort of complete the the missing puzzles pieces. Um, so yeah, but who knows? It's only worth getting those kind of players if you can get. You know the players that you definitely need. No point spending money on someone who maybe sort of fit the bill and do a half-ass job. So yeah, be interesting to see because because this window, Chelsea are very happy to spend money with Bowley coming in. He wants to make statements, and you know the signs have done well so far. So it'd be interesting to see if that trajectory continues for for mm. the club. Yeah, and a word on Bowley. He's he was at the game, and um, yeah, he had a really successful game um seemed to enjoy the game especially when the camera was put on him so it's good to see him at games and he was at a few games last season so it'd be interesting to see how well he gets on and does but yeah um should we move on from the premier league and have yeah yeah, do you want to get bundesliga yeah it's starting the bundesliga i'll let you uh fire away yeah, so on Friday I watched uh, Freiburg versus uh, Borussia Dortmund. Freiburg is a team that I've got uh, a little bit of an affection for. They were winning actually 1-0 uh, in the first half. And um, if you can think of Karius, remember his mistake during the Champions League final? Same thing happened to Mark Flecken, the uh, Freiburg keeper. So essentially um, uh, Dortmund had a long shot and they spilt it and it went in. It was the most horrific thing I've ever seen. Um, yeah, if if you're a Liverpool fan, don't watch it. <clears throat> It'll give you PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and also uh, another note to mention is that there was an English guy, 17 years old, scored for Dortmund, Jamie Bynode Gittens. Uh, I think he came from Arsenal's academy, I want to say, or maybe Man City's. So he may be the, the new James Hancho, so one to watch out for. Uh, also in the week, I mean, there haven't been many top games, but Werner went back to Leipzig and scored on his you know, return. And that goal <laughs> was a repeat of De Gea's goal. Um, uh, first mistake in the Brentford game, you know, a long shot. This one for Werner was a little bit further out, but it basically went underneath his arm and went straight in. Um, so it's not been a good week for keepers, unless you're the, you're, you're the QPR keeper, Dieng, who scored in the two-all comeback. I think it was against Middlesbrough. It's got a header. So, quite an interesting one. Um, and... I think it was Sunderland. Yeah, it probably was. I think you're right. I'll take your word for it. Um, yeah, uh, Leverkusen started the season really poorly. Dela United lost both their, their games. Um, lost 2-1 to Augsburg this weekend. Augsburg are basically the German Burnley. Was still in the top division, um, and then uh, Bayern Munich uh, won their game today two 0 quite comfortably against Wolfsburg. Jamal Musiala, the nineteen-year-old, I guess you could call him a wonder kid, former England uh, player, uh, scored. He looks like he's going to have a great season at the club. Mane's, you know, still doing well at the club. He scored in the the, the opening game. Um, uh, you know, as you can expect, they'll be buying pretty much solidly winning. The first league this year. Uh, Barcelona drew their their initial game nil nil off this massive spending spree that they've had. Um, Lewandowski did play, uh, Christensen as well. Not sure Kunde did, um, but no, I don't know if Kunde's been registered. Yet, I don't think so because I don't think don't think they've. I think they've registered five players, which I think was Lewandowski, Christensen, Kiesa, Rafa, Rafinha, and someone else. Uh, yeah, um, so yeah, not a great start. Be a lot of pressure maybe on Xavi if he doesn't deliver this season. He hasn't got a lot of experience as a manager coming from the Qatari league. Uh, and obviously they've spent a lot of money, invested a lot of money to have a successful season this year. Uh, they basically put up all their future revenue uh, and income streams to to have success in the now rather than in the future. So be interesting to see if they can deliver on that. Um, and I think Real Madrid are going to play later on today, um, I think nine o'clock. So 
can't really update you on their team. Although they look like they've gone for a young midfield, Chimeni and Kamavinga, I guess, sort of balanced out of Tony Cruz's. He sort of brings up the uh, the age rate and, and a really good starting as well. So, yeah, interesting La Liga start. Uh, Serie A as well. Uh, AC Milan kicked off with a 4-2 victory against Udinese. Uh, Rebic scored two goals. They all start, well, they De Ketlier came on, the, the new Belgium 35 million pound signing that they brought in from from uh King Kent King, one of the gangs. Um, so it looks good for them. Also, Inter Milan, I know you alluded to earlier, Lukaku came on and scored two minutes into his return. Um, looks like a very good signing, maybe for a team like Chelsea. Um, but yeah, it'll be very interesting to watch the uh, the battle for for uh, Syria title. Adamona Lookman also scored for Atalanta in the 95th minute, which is quite interesting. Um, seeing, I don't want to say an Englishman because he's he's now Nigerian, or always was Nigerian, I guess. But you know, an English based player playing abroad, um, that's nice to see. Uh, Lazio beat uh, Bologna two one. And uh, Fiorentina won 3-2 against newly promoted Cremenze, who've had a bit of a spending spree. Not as much as Monza, but still significant. And uh, Roma are playing at the moment against Salonitana, um, 1-0 up at the moment. Uh, they've got a good team this year. Hopefully, well, they'll be hoping they'll be uh, pushing for the title. Not necessarily the title, actually, maybe top four, but it'll be interesting to see uh, Mourinho's development. Also, you know, second season, the club is always one where interesting things happen. So, yeah, one to watch out for. Uh, that whole Serie A league is quite interesting, especially with Roma, Milan's all fighting for this. It could be up to five-way title battle, especially if Juventus and Napoli, if you've thrown them into the ring, mm. it's going to be interesting. But it, it's going to be one to watch this league, I feel like. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be more competitive than the Premier League. My feeling is this season. Yeah, you're right. I definitely agree with you on that one. Yeah, I. I feel like the Premier League. You've got battles all along the table, and it's all interesting battles. But for the title, this is Top, going to be yeah. the best league yeah. for the title. I reckon. Well, the past three years has been three different uh, winners of Syria. So, in that regard, yes, absolutely. Um, you know. Obviously, Juventus have strengthened as well, bringing Di Maria, bring back Pogba and a few other players. I know they sort of delivered, but generally they're strengthened in a lot of departments. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they stack up. And also, with Napoli, they've let go Signe and Mertens. Uh, Mertens went to Galatasaray, Signe went to Torino, uh, Toronto, sorry. Um, so, yeah, and they brought in um, Simeone's son, David, I believe his name is. No, Giovanni, that's his name. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, definitely want to watch out for that league. And in League One, obviously, um, PSG are just going ham. As always, they won 5-2 against Montpellier. Montpellier, ten, <clears throat> about 10 years ago, I think it was, they won League One with Giroud up top. Um, and uh, I guess not much of note in the PSG game, apart from the fact that Maybe Renato Sanchez scored. You know, he's the new sign-in. Had a loan spell at Swansea. Most memorable for passing to an advertising boarding. That was his highlight at Swansea. Um, that PSG have scored 10 goals now in two games. Yeah, it's not really right, is it? So, yeah. No. It's PSG, isn't it? It's a one-league, one-club league, really, of PSG. Um, I know Lille have got Lil did well recently in Monaco. Mm. Had success recently as well, but yeah, it's going to be it's going to be PSG's year. I feel I like think... Messi's now very adapted to that league now. Yeah, yeah. It's just whether they can do it in Europe, which is the eternal question for PSG, and nobody really knows until City. crunch time. Yeah, and then two, I guess. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I think Marseille strengthened really well as well. Um, they're normally bringing quite a few capable players, so. They won't be challenging for the title, but be one to watch out for as well. Uh, is that all the leagues? Yeah, yeah, I think, I that's think it most, is. 
think that's the majority of the leagues that we've covered. Let's move on to some transfers. I know we've top, uh, talked about them a little, um, but yeah, there's been a few transfers. It's starting to quiet down a little bit now. Um, we had that flurry mm. of couple of weeks ago of transfers um but i mean there's still transfers rumors going along especially with chelsea you got fafana debala uh, not debala fafana abamyang and deong mm. um united are still in for deong um it's going to be very down to the wire and especially if some of these players want to move um emil dennis is one that's moved from watford to nottingham forest emmanuel i think Emmanuel Dennis, sorry. Yeah. Was he their fourteenth, fifteenth signing? Because they also. I think they're nearly eighteen now. Kiate. Yeah, Dennis actually looked quite decent. Uh, one of the few Watford players looked decent uh, last year. I think he scored a hat trick on. It's maybe against United. I'm not too sure. Actually, I think I've forgotten that. Um, permanently forgotten it. Um, and so also, fourteen yeah. signings they made. Fourteen. Okay, they brought in Freuler as well from Atalanta, who's a very capable um, Swiss uh, midfielder. Uh, Kiati as well has got a vast amount of experience in the Premier League, playing for Palace as well as West Ham. Uh, they're, they're after another uh, midfielder, Uar, Uar, uh, the French uh, midfielder from Lyon. Uh, I imagine this would cost an arm and a leg. Uh, three years, a few years ago, he was highly, highly rated, um, maybe about seventy million or sixty million pounds worth. Maybe in recent times, it's sort of gone down a little bit, but still be around thirty odd million, I'd imagine at least. So yeah, they're, they're, they're not not done in the window. Um, they had a good game today, actually. We didn't mention it. They they won one nil against West Ham, although West Ham were massively. Um, Unlucky, you could say. They hit the post numerous times. Dean Henderson saved the penalty. Uh, reason why he should probably be the United keeper. But yeah, an interesting situation at, at Forest. They've got a definitely capable manager, but whether they can implement all these new signings, uh, their owner is going crazy, basically, uh, with, his, with his wallet. Uh, any yeah. other mentions that you want to say about transfers? Um, Alexis Sanchez moved from Milan to Marseille, uh, terminated his contract, was free. Um, this was rumoured a couple. Um, but yeah, I think he's probably won. He's won the league now in Serie A and he's probably now starting to wrap down his career. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sort of stepping stone to retirement, if you like. Good player, still capable of doing stuff, but not at the top level. Also, William of Chelsea and Arsenal fame has uh, also terminated his contract at Corinthians because he wants another uh, European adventure. They expect him in Turkey imminently. That's my hot tip because that's where old Brazilians go. Well, he is linked to Fulham. And if you <laughs> it's because uh, Arsenal spanked Fulham was it two seasons ago on the opening day of the season. And that was the only contribution mm -hmm. William did for that whole year, basically. Um, I can't see him going to for the most 35 years old. Maybe as backup. Um, yeah, it. yeah, he's. I think he's a bit past it now. He was a bit past it. Um, awesome. He was probably all right for the for the Brazilian league, but for the Premier League, I don't think he's going to be that great. Um, Fulham talking to Fulham. They've signed Issa Diop from West Ham. Yes, for 15 million. That's quite a good signing to be fair. It's quite a good Premier League signing. I know West Ham has not had two Premier League centre-backs and they rotated them with like the two cup, if you like, centre-backs. Um, but Diop, I think he's quite a capable centre-back and for 15 million, it's not a bad price. Uh, another one I want to mention is Philip Kostic. He's gone from Frankfurt to Juventus. I know it's been linked for a while, but quite a good signing for about 10 million pounds. So, um, not a bad price at all. He's 29 years old, but uh, at Frankfurt, he, he did extremely well. And he won the Europa League as well in his last uh, season at the club. And one of the rumours I want to mention is Rashford. I don't know if you've seen this to PSG. Mm. Um, I think Tan Hag has almost ruled us out saying he is part of his plans. But uh, the, 
with his performance recently? I don't know your opinion on this. Yeah, so the the fee that has been sort of reported has varied from anything from forty to ridiculous amount, hundred million or so. That's what maybe United want. You know, maybe two seasons, a season and a half ago, I would say I wouldn't sell him for any amount of money. Now, if we had a bid in for fifty or sixty million pound plus, I'd say consider it quite seriously. Um, but the thing is, though, United don't need money, so it's not like if we sell him, we'll have that extra money to buy players with us. It would only be a case of sort of getting rid of him for the sake of getting rid of him and having that spot free to to get someone else to fill that role. So I don't know, and I don't know why PSG would want him to be honest with all the talent they've got. I guess they. You know, there is a player in him who, who has definite quality and he, he is versatile in quite a few positions. Uh, I think we'll hang on to him, to be honest. I don't think he'll leave unless he pushes it, but I doubt that. I doubt that. Too busy feeding kids. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, he's, uh, he wants to stay in England and get his uh, knighthood. Mm. Um, the, I mean, there's a lot of rumours flying around. Um, there's probably still going to be a few big moves um, before the window trans. Slam shot, especially from Barcelona with De Jong and Aubameyang mm-hmm. um, linked, or Depay is linked elsewhere as well. Depay's linked to Juventus. Um, yeah. Chelsea are still trying to get rid of a few players. Kepa, Alonso, um, Malangsar has gone on loan to Monaco this week. Mm-hmm. Um, Conor Gallagher is also linked to Newcastle and back to Palace. Um, Hudson Adoy is also linked to be leaving um, on loan with Leicester and Crystal Palace and Newcastle. I think interested. Okay. From for a Chelsea point of view, it's still there's still a lot to go on, and there's still talks of it's going to be three hundred plus million we're going to spend. Um, United seem to need to make these transfers as well. Um, but yeah, there's still going to be a few squads are still being built around mm. Europe. Um, the season started quite early. Yeah, probably just. Oh, sorry. Sorry. There's just one last one I want to mention is Destiny Udogi is a uh, Spurs' new signing. I think he's a Nigerian left wing back, uh, signed from Udinese. Uh, he'll be loaned back for the rest of the season. Uh, so one to watch out for for the future. Just want to end the podcast on a little news story i know we normally do news at the beginning um but yeah gets the world cup this new story comes from you've probably seen this um the world cup has is going to start a day early mm. uh, i think only one game's been moved and the opening ceremony um but yeah it's what's your thoughts on this well uh <laughs> The, the reason was is because it was on like, um, I don't think it was actually the opening game, Qatar won, if I remember correctly. So they wanted to move it back a day. So it was. Uh, historically, though, the, the opening of the World Cup was the the first game was held by the, the previous champions. So they would sort of start the tournament. But then in the more recent years, it's been the actual hosts who've, you know, started the, the games. So yeah, who knows? I mean, it, it, it's the only game that's I think has been moved. So I guess it just shows the, the poor playing that goes into this this tournament. Um, so yeah, another reason to be hopeful and excited for the Qatar World Cup, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It looks like it's. I mean, it's not going to have a massive effect, and most people are probably going to start watching it with the England game, um, especially where we're from, mm. but. Yeah, it, uh, hopefully they don't have any more changes to the schedule. Um, doesn't seem like it, but you never know with this World Cup. It's all very new, especially being halfway through the season. Mm. And it's going to have a big effect, which we've mentioned previously. It's going to have a big effect on the league. Um, but yeah, it's probably going to be interesting and podcast is going to be the best case to keep updated with it.
um, yeah, and I think that about wraps up the pod for this week. Um, nice to have you back, Toby. It's been um, good. Nice return. I mean, not yes, not great, uh, uh, you know, scenario to return discussing a four 0 defeat of your favourite team. I thought I dodged a bullet with that two 0 defeat against Brighton, but <laughs> it is what it is, I guess. Yes. Yeah. And um, yeah. So any of the latest transfers um, is probably the best place to be is on our socials, Instagram, Twitter, um, and also the website for the Pitchsider, pitchsider.com. It's the best place to see the latest articles. Thanks for joining me, Toby. Cheers, mate. It's been good. Um, And thank you for the listener. And goodbye. Goodbye.